Welcome to the Second Course Podcast, a production of Coppell Bible Fellowship. Every week we discuss our sermon series to expand on what God is teaching us. Grab a chair and join us at the table. Greetings, everyone. It's Nathan joining you once again for the Second Course Podcast, the podcast of Coppell Bible Fellowship, where we spend some time discussing uh, our message from Sunday with the pastors here at CBF. And today, we are in the second week of our Home for Christmas series, because guess what? It's Christmas. Here in Texas, Christmas means tornadoes, which is actually what happened this morning, and I woke up uh, got ready for everything and then found myself in a closet huh, sitting a tornado. I don't know about you guys, but I'm here today with Brian and Michael. And, uh, you know, we're going to sit down and uh, Brian had the opportunity to speak this past week. And uh, we're going to have some time to sit down and talk about that. But first, hey guys, how's it going? Great. Yeah, I was tornado watch, uh, warning, watch, warning. I felt like it's the last three hours of my life, but you know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm from Oklahoma, so I'm kind of used to it. So I gotta be honest. I drove around trying to see the tornado. <laughs> yeah, I did a little storm chasing. No, storm I was chasing? Uh, having yeah. breakfast with someone, and we ended up in the kitchen of the restaurant we were at oh, because they, they you never want they to do that. No, you do not no. want to see where the magic happens. Exactly, in a we saw behind the scenes oh, yeah. where you don't our omelets that. were made. Oh so. my gosh. <laughs> Well, and, and I got to tell you, while I was sitting there uh, sheltering, I pulled out my phone because next week I'm heading to my parents in Wisconsin. I was like, let's just check the weather. Every day that we will be there, it will be single digits or negative Ooh, be the honest. entire time. I'm a now that jealous. sounds I'm, awesome I'm a little jealous to too. That's that's what it's supposed to be around Christmas. I like, know. As long I'm as there's like, snow. Is there snow? There is snow okay, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, there's can't snow. Beat that. In fact, I think they're getting like a, like 10 inches in the next two days or something oh, like that. So. Don't make me sing White Christmas. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be some snow, but uh, you know, it's it's trying to convince the rest of my family that this is going to be awesome. Mm. But, it know, will be awesome. It will be incredibly awesome. I'm looking forward to it. So, Well, like I said, we are in the second week of our Home for Christmas series, and today Brian's going to walk Walk us through in just a second uh, the overview of his message, and then we'll get down into the questions. I do have to say that uh, I was actually out this Sunday with a little bit of a of a cold and uh, resting up, so I didn't actually get to hear the service yet because uh, it's not online uh, for us yet. But we're working on it. But Michael, you were here, so I'm going to let you ask some of the questions, and then maybe I can jump in and springboard because I do have a general idea of where Brian went. But Brian, why don't you give us a little bit of the overview of Home for Christmas Week 2? Yeah, so we looked at the story of Luke 2, Jesus' birth in Luke 2. So a familiar story um, for a lot of us probably, but uh, really wanted to focus on, I'd say the overarching theme of the message was greatness through humility Mm. um, and, and greatness through uh, self-sacrificial love. So um, spent some time just uh, talking about the anticipation about all that Jesus' birth meant for the Jewish people and all this anticipation for hundreds and hundreds of years of God making these promises that he's going to send um, this king into the world. And so just wanted to really build up that anticipation of how would you expect this mighty ruler and, and royal king that the Old Testament has been talking about um, to how, how would you expect him to arrive on the scene? And I think on a on a worldly level, we a lot of times define greatness by external things, by what you see on the outside, so wealth and status and good looks and these types of things. Um, and yet, so it, it's it's kind of this backwards thing that God chose to reveal His Son to the world, the greatest King, the most mighty ruler, the most important being in all the universe. He chose to reveal him to the world in the most humble and unimpressive way, being born out with the animals in a 
a stable or a cave or something like that and and just uh, and announcing it to shepherds so just really emphasize that aspect of humility and then try to tie it home at the end um, that our church community should feel like family should feel like home because we're brothers and sisters in Christ and what makes um, a community like that feel like home is when people are showing up with that kind of humility mm-hmm. and that others focus kind of love. And so yeah, which really try to tie it together with that. I would say our church definitely has that, you know, yeah. you hear stories, <clears throat> excuse me, even from new folks coming mm-hmm. for the first time and you begin asking them, Hey, what was it like for you? I just want to be honest. What was your experience like yeah. this morning? And you just hear that thing, man, there's just something about it. And so I thought the, the message, um, the whole thing was perfect and beautiful, but that piece really tied it all together. Mm-hmm. And I thought would connect with so many people. Now I got to be honest, you know, Everyone knows. This is what I love about this sermon. Everyone knows the birth of Jesus. Yeah. Even if you're yeah. not a believer, you don't go to church. You, if you, if you're in the Bible Belt in the South, at least, you know the birth of Jesus. So, when I knew you were doing Luke two, it's always interesting because you're like, I want to hear it. It's a time of the year to hear it. Mm-hmm. But you kind of know, and in, in your mind, you kind of think, especially from a pastoral standpoint, how you're going to present it. But what was awesome is you started the birth of Jesus out in Genesis three. Which, you know, yeah. you're going, wait a second, whoa, where's he going with this? And I knew, I didn't doubt you, trust me. But in my mind, I thought, this will be interesting. How's he going to tie it all in? And man, I thought the progression from Genesis 3 to Luke 2 and that anticipation, I told you right before the podcast, I was on the edge of my seat and I know mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. But I was anticipating uh, this thing, putting myself in the same foot uh, footsteps as the Jewish people going, mm-hmm. oh man, what's it going to be like for this future king who's going to come in? And it just is totally a shock to the system that didn't come the way that you would expect him to. And I told him to do that. Yeah, yeah, I know right. that y'all talked about before. Great idea, back, Nathan. Yeah, that was a really great idea. <laughs> the best way to start the Christmas story is with sin in Genesis yeah, three. Yeah, that's right. You just right. got to trust me on that. I'm glad he did. Yeah. So thank you for that. All that to say, <laughs> when you were looking at Luke two and you were thinking about the anticipation, were you initially thinking to go to Genesis three, or how far back were you trying to get to paint that picture, or was it instantly like I'm I'm going Genesis three? It wasn't instantly, but as I as I studied the passage and just was looking at okay, what's the overarching theme here? And um, the idea of humility and lowliness is not just in Luke two; it's in all throughout the the opening chat, like Luke one as well. Um, but that that idea of you've got the most powerful being in the universe showing up in the most humble way you can imagine. Um, so then, as I just as I thought about it and reflected on it, trying to bring the the significance of that out and the magnitude of that out, I thought it'd be helpful to set that up by talking about what would it be like to be a Jewish person hearing these promises mm-hmm. for hundreds of years. And, and the you know, when you read Isaiah 9, when you read Jeremiah 23, when you read God's covenant with David and his promises there, Psalm 89, all these, Micah 5, all these passages that talk about this coming king— um, you get this picture of man. He's this mighty ruler. Yeah. Psalm two. He's gonna crush the nations and or rule over the nations and mm-hmm. and uh, inherit the whole earth. So it's this. He's not this, uh, you know, docile, weak figure, right? Yeah. Um, and so you expect a guy like that. You expect a king like that to show up. You know, on on a horse with a sword <laughs> and all these. You know, all these things. Um, and I think that's what a lot of the Jewish people expected, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the reasons why so many of them missed Jesus, I yeah. think, because he didn't yeah. match up with their expectations. But I um, wanted to spend some time creating that anticipation 
to then juxtapose that with here's how God chose to reveal him to the world. And then all those covenant promises and everything yeah. ultimately tie back to what God promised to Abraham, which ties back to Genesis 3, the seed of the woman who's going to crush the head of the serpent. So there's this continuing thread all the way throughout the Old Testament leading up to the birth of the Messiah in Luke 2. And so I just wanted to bring that out. That, well, and that. do you think that's difficult for us as Christians who, after the fact, know the story? We don't experience that necessarily, that anticipation facet of you know uh, waiting for someone and then he's revealed, and it's not what we expect because we've already heard that. Um, so, do you see? There's like even in knowing. Okay, if I go back and communicate this, do you feel like there's sometimes a little bit of a difficulty for us to appreciate the uh, the magnitude of that anticipation? Because a lot of times, even in in our practical daily lives, Christmas, while we celebrate it and everything, it's almost like there's the the anticipation for a child of Christmas is easier to grasp because they experience that. I can't wait for it to get here. I can't wait. And, and maybe as we grow older, we kind of lose that a little bit that we can equate that feeling to what the Jewish people may have been uh, feeling. So I don't know if you felt going into that. It's like, okay, maybe this is something that's a little more difficult for us to yeah. grasp. Well, I think it is. And, and some of that is the challenge of uh, we kind of simultaneously as believers, we, experience celebrating the biblical Christmas story and celebrating the secular version of the Christmas yeah, story. exactly. Too. Um, and so some, some of the times our anticipation about Christmas isn't really about what it ought to be probably. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, which, uh, and it's not... You're talking about anxiety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, it's I gotta not, get everything... And, and it's not wrong to be excited to spend time with family or yeah. to get some time off work and, and all, you know, all the things that we get excited about. That, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. But, you know, that anticipation of why were the Jewish people so looking forward to their Messiah? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot, a lot of reasons, um, but the idea of deliverance, salvation, man, this yeah. is this is going to be the Savior to come who's going to save us from our enemies, um, which ultimately that will happen in the future, yeah. so we can anticipate that. But but also, you know, it talks about in Luke 1 and, and in Matthew's version uh, account of the birth as well, that Jesus is the one to save us from our sins. Mm-hmm. And so that... I think sometimes we lose the magnitude of what it means for Jesus to that he came when we minimize the seriousness of sin in our yeah. lives as well. And so like man when we when we kind of feel um not that God wants us to live every day crushed by our sin by any means, but when we live with a healthy recognition of man my sin put Jesus on the cross. Yeah. That helps us appreciate the magnitude of what he mm-hmm. did when he when he became a human being because that's ultimately the reason why he came. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that can help us, but also, man. I mean, his first coming um, anticipates his second coming right. in a lot of ways too, and so we we have a lot to anticipate for the future too, because Jesus is coming back, and that's going to be that awesome. is that is a true, a good point. I, I have a random question. Yeah, as you read through this, even from Genesis three, but Luke two, was there something specific for you you felt like was new or fresh, or that the Lord was wanting you, you know, I feel like for all of us, as we study our passages that we're going to preach on, the Lord speaks to us. We may or may not convey what it is to us specifically on Mm -hmm. that Sunday morning, but was there something for you in this that you felt like the Lord was really opening your eyes up or solidifying in your mind or something that was new or fresh? That's, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it, I don't know that it was necessarily like a brand new idea, but it definitely drove it home more, the idea of kind of God's backwards way of doing things mm-hmm. uh, compared to how we sometimes, um, how we would approach something. Like, and I kind of talked about this, like if you were to 
even just so think about telling the shepherds first. Um, if you're trying to build a movement, you would think, okay, let's go to the most influential people in society. Movers and shakers. That's right. The people with the most influence, the people with the most sway, the people with the most money, the people who can make the most happen for you. We need to convince them. We need to get them in the mm-hmm. loop. And yet God went to ordinary, everyday guys um, who don't have much influence in society or anything, and he told them first. Yeah. So I think just that. And then what what really stuck out to me again was just as I reflected on not just the birth of Jesus, but that theme that you see so clearly in the birth of Jesus carries through his entire ministry. So when you think about um, the disciples he chose, you know, he chose ordinary fishermen, tax collectors, like mm-hmm. all these people. Think about the people he spent most of his time with. Right. It, was, it was the outcasts of society. It wasn't the people you would think, um, the prostitutes, the sinners, the tax collectors, um, yeah. interacting with a Samaritan, all, all these things. And, and so um, that theme of... Um, God doesn't operate by the way we a lot of times think he should or our value system, our definition of greatness, you know. Especially he, in DFW yeah. in the yeah, south and the largest growing mm-hmm. metro in America. And, yeah. and it's hustle, it's go, it's grind. It's right. You find that person that, you know, you know can take you to the next level, all of those right, things. Right. And God shows up on the scene yeah. completely opposite. And he's saying, I can turn the whole world upside down with a baby in a feeding trough few shepherds, a fisherman and a tax collector, like he can do that with that. And so so it just, it, again, it puts the emphasis on him and his greatness. Um, and, and that, I think that's awesome. And so that, that came out as I was looking at the story and just, when you think about Mary's reflection on the birth. I'm glad you went into that because I didn't know if you were, because I thought, oh, he's just going to get to Jesus being born. Yeah. But then I was looking at the clock and I was like, oh, is he going to do it? And yeah. he did. And I loved it. And I was so thankful for yeah, it. Yeah. Cause, cause she, there's that verse right towards the end of the passage where it says she, she kept all these things in her heart and pondered them in her heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have an example in Luke one and I don't think Luke puts it in Luke one, but it's not like she didn't necessarily say that right at that yeah. moment. This is a, this represents her reflection at a later point of, of thinking all through, man, what, what God did in, in the birth of, of Jesus. And she says he exalted the lowly Yeah. In, in doing this. And you think about who Mary is. She's no one special on an earthly mm-hmm. level. The shepherds aren't anybody special. Like, and so the birth of Jesus is just this really awesome, clear example of God exalting the lowly. Mm-hmm. And that's, man, that's awesome news for all of us because if we're honest, we're all that, right? And, yeah. and so it was just, it was really powerful to see that, that come out. Well, I, I took away from that part a little bit of thinking, Man, how talk about the go 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 of our world of our society. Yeah. How often do I just need to sit back and take a moment, take some time and just to look back at what God's done in my life. Yeah. And just to ponder as she did all these things that in the moment they happen, it's awesome. On to the next thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's something happened, it's awesome. On to the next thing. And maybe the next thing we're we're not acknowledging what God has done so much or so deep or on mm-hmm. that level that we get to something that we're unsure of how he's going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. And we're, we start getting anxious and yeah. worried and wondering. But if we just paused and mm-hmm. we started thinking about all of these things, man, well, no doubt we all have stored up yeah. things that God has done in our lives. And so as you're talking about this, I was sitting there thinking, you know, obviously being adopted, you know, all these things in yeah. my life that I look back yeah. on, a prostitute son to a pastor's son, and I'm like, man, I can look back in the hindsight of God taking care of me is 2020 mm-hmm. yeah. uh, better yeah. than I could have. And so it was just interesting to put myself in those shoes of Mary thinking, yeah, I'm just going to take some time and, and think. And yep. so literally Sunday after church, um, I'm just sitting there in our backyard 
for about 30 minutes just thinking about things, going, mm-hmm. look at what all the Lord has done, things that I hadn't thought about in forever. Yeah. And it was just a cool time to thank the Lord Reflect. for what he's done. So, yeah. yeah, the reflection part, even though that wasn't the main point of the Mary piece, it was interesting because that stuck with me throughout yeah. the for, for your sermon. So That's a really I appreciate good point. You, you saying that. Well, and I think there's, for us as individuals every day, we're, we're, we like to ask, you know, what is God's will for my life? Help me understand your will for my life. And a lot of that, I think, is hindsight is sitting there and looking back in these reflection moments and saying, okay, now I see the pieces are coming together and why in this moment right now, things are the way they are and what God has prepared me to do. And I can remember there are moments in my life where even in difficulty sitting there going, what in the world? And then I go, well, wait a minute. I went through this here and this happened here and this happened here to prepare for what is this moment right now. And in that reflection, I think comes out the that's the experience of, for me at least, the peace and experience of sitting there, okay, God loves me. He's always been mm-hmm. there. He's always, you know, it's not an empty thing. It's that reflection. And I think that's why, you know, all through scripture, you know, you have this message of, hey, remember what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, keep going back. That's why you have this. You have this account, this record right. of everything. So when we get to this moment of, you know, with Mary reflecting, I even wonder, does she how far back? I mean, you know, how big is this picture that she's reflecting upon yeah. beyond yeah. maybe even, I don't know, you know. Well, I knows? think she she ties it into, when you look at the the song of Mary in Luke 1, the Magnificat, she, it's also not just for her too. She sees the significance in her own life, but she sees yeah. the significance um, for the nation of Israel mm-hmm. and for, so she mentions like, God's covenant with Abraham and that he's been faithful to his people. He's been faithful to, to yeah. do what he said he would do to Abraham. So I think it's a good reminder too of like, it's bigger than just our individual stories uh-huh, too. So and true. so like we're, and that, that was one of the, also the reasons I wanted to paint the bigger picture of let's look at all these promises in the old Testament, because yeah. man, it's, it's helpful for us all to remember we're part of God's story. Ultimately we're part of a, a huge story that goes from the beginning of time to the end of time. Mm-hmm. And our purpose in life is to find our place in God's story, not mm-hmm. to fit God into our story. And yeah. so it's it's a good reminder of that, yeah. too, I think. Man, I, I said this from the stage. I know we're almost done with the podcast, but <clears throat> for those that maybe weren't here, uh, I so appreciate the sermon and the time. And not just because it was so uh, insightful. Um, it was the the, con- the painting the context informational, and there was an encouragement in that painting the context and helping us put ourselves in the shoes of those expecting Christ to come and what that yeah. would look like and how that was different than the perception and um, and it was encouraging, but it's also challenging because I I realize in my life things that I maybe have thought God would do the way I would assume He would, mm-hmm. but my, I'm thinking in 2022 suburbia USA my life and what I expect God to do. Um, and this story paints that, that that may not be the case most of the time. In fact, God loves doing the opposite. And and so it was just so well done. And and I said this from stage, I don't know if you knew this, but I got up to close out the service and I mm-hmm. thanked Brian for uh, for speaking, but I, I, I thanked you for the amount of time, effort, and energy because I know how busy you are. Yeah. And he's started his thesis this semester at DTS. Can't wait for that thing to be done next semester so you can... <laughs> even though you're full-time with us, you're full-time there too. And so we're just ready yeah, for, big, to have more big, of you. Big, so big I would, I'm just so grateful that you took the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been trying to get you to preach, but we know you're busy, but you said yes to this one. And on top of your starting, you know, two weeks of finals and all of that and papers right yeah. now, DTS, on top of newlywed, on top of 
ministry stuff, at your student director on top of getting Good News Club going, all these things that it's like, dude, you're so busy. Mm-hmm. And so I was going into it going, I wonder how this sermon's going to go. Didn't doubt that it would be bad, <laughs> but was overwhelmed at how detailed... You didn't doubt it would be good. Yes, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, it was just, I was overwhelmed at the, the detail and things like that that you brought to it in the time. You could definitely tell that you studied up and you were ready and you were prepared and you brought exactly what was needed. And so for that, well, I appreciate I'm thankful. That, man. Praise God. Thankful That's that awesome. you're on our team. Well, hey, Brian, again, I echo that. I can't wait to listen to it. Um, like I said, I was out of commission. Uh, feel bad I wasn't here, but hey, you know what? It happens. Glad from you're time feeling to time. better. Yeah, yeah, I do feel Glad I'm you're sort back. of feeling better. I sound, yeah. I sound weird, but <laughs> we all feel do. It's Everybody does. Right, yeah. Well, hey, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, once again, thank you guys for the feedback that's coming in. Thank you for uh, continuing to listen. We just found out that we are now international. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have crossed uh, international <laughs> lines and we have uh, people listening in Australia. That's great. Um, Shout so, out to Australia, yeah, whoever you right. may be. Whoever you are in Australia, we love you. Um, so we're looking forward to continuing uh, this Christmas season and celebrating the birth of our Savior. So, hey, once again, if you have any questions, you have any comments, reach out to us, info at coppellbible.org. But uh, keep tuning in. We appreciate all the support, and we will see you Sunday. Thank you for joining us for the Second Course Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the discussion. If you'd like more information about Coppell Bible Fellowship, you can check us out at coppellbible.org or email us at info at coppellbible.org. However, the best way to get to know our church is to join us on Sunday at 9 or 1045 a.m. We would love to see you.